Yes, hello folks, welcome to the weekly match. It's Nate Chua, I'm your host as always, Phil Brown, I'm my regular co-host here, Martin Walwork. We're back for the second show since the restart, of course, uh, Premier League restart on the horizon. Providing certain criteria will be met, we'll also be joined here with Miguel Delaney for a few minutes. We'll talk about some of the things that he's been talking about in the Independent, most notably the Raheem Sterling link, which to me is one from left field. But we'll talk about lots of other things. We'll talk about, of course, Igalo extending his contract there at the end, end of the year. So Niguez, Alexis Sanchez, uh, Paul Scholes, we talked about Paul Pogba today. Um, Alan Nixon talking to his son about Kai Havertz could possibly be a target for Manchester United. Bellingham and lots of other things making the news. First of all, mate, how you doing? Hey, mate. Yeah, well, I'd love to say it's uh, all is well, but if uh, the old COVID-19 wasn't bad enough, now we've got um, all this nonsense, all this disgusting behaviour going on over here in the States. Really sad to see that this place is <laughs> like it's going to implode at some point. Pretty scary times, yeah. to be honest, but, um, you know, just plodding along over here. It's, mate, we've been recording this show now, which seems since the start of the year, against the backdrop of... Chaos in the background, misery for people. It's incredibly sad, uh, incredibly sad to see the violence, incredibly sad to see the inequality, incredibly sad to see all the things that allow these things to happen that basically racism predicated on hatred um, uh, and this, it's just such a sad state of affairs that human beings today, we just we hate each other along just pathetic for pathetic reasons and ignorance predicated on the idea that another human being is better than another which to me I'm just sick to death of I'm sick to death of the the negativity and good honest people losing their businesses because we've had nothing to do with this Um, and uh, you know it's just so tragic I just wish as a species we'd just Put these stupid differences aside, you know. Before we get into football, Martin, just on that, my six-year-old asked me last night, "Why are they all fighting on the TV?" And I just—I was trying to explain to him he's in the bath um, what racism is, and I said yeah. to him, um, "Well, some people don't like other people. Some people are white skin, don't like black skin, or whatever." And he goes, "Well, you know." I, don't like them dark skin. My skin's dark. Do they not like me? I'm like, no, not you, mate. And but why? What's what's wrong with what, what, why? What's wrong with having dark skin or white skin or whatever? What what? And the other the confusion to a child trying to understand this illustrates the utter stupidity of it. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, I spent yeah. I spent three four on four hours yesterday morning sun Sunday Sunday morning. Mm. Um. Not, I took my, my little boy down down to Main Street, Huntington Beach, and quickly took him back home. And, you know, I had to explain to him why daddy was going to be out for four hours boarding up shop windows and storefronts um, with the, the, the threat of violence and the threat of riots due to this all. It's just mm-hmm. pure madness that's something you can't explain. Um, it's a sad state of affairs. It's, yeah. it's um, you know... Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. I don't know where we go, but it, it's like I said, we won't be too negative. We'll get, we'll get onto the football and mm. some light, lighter things right now. But uh, it, it, this really real concern. Uh, this is this is not going away. This it's mm-hmm. just been escalating. Who knows what's next? Um, you know what's anyway. sad about this, man? I mean, obviously there's the real human aspect of it, but. In my life is now being dominated by conversations, and I understand this is a minor inconvenience compared to what 
other people are out there fighting for and I completely oh, respect yeah. that. But I do my best to avoid political discussions in my life right, with people because it's probably the most divisive topic ever. And, and I have people calling me and fanatically taking sides and I'm forced to have conversations with people that I don't want to have um, because it just, I, first of all, as a white man, I, it's not my place to talk about racism because I never experienced it and I have no idea what it's like. Um, I just, I don't know how to talk about this correctly um, and, and, and pay respect to people and do the right thing and, and say the right thing. Um, I just wish as a species we'd all realise that the divisions with which we dislike each other are just so idiotic and I just wish as a, as a species we'd realise that you know, we uh, there is no one inferior to anybody, and uh, I, I don't know, mate. As you say, the, the football has been refuge from the madness of the t- sadness and destruction that's around us, and I, I, I don't. It's just so hard to watch. You know, I, yeah. I'm in a my my wife is, you know, my father's Dutch, her mother's South American. You know, my children are a mix of all sorts of different nationalities and races and I, I just I loathe it so um, let's talk yeah, about the football well, mate I think yeah well it's got a football I think you put from, from all at BTP I think we've got to yeah. say rest in peace uh, George Floyd yes rest in peace George and, uh, that's what we have some peace brought back to humanity in the near yep. future um, as I said Martin so much talk about we'll, we'll bring on Miguel here in a few minutes uh, we'll ask him about uh, his piece in the uh, in the independent Lincoln United with a number of players, so let's go ahead and grab him. As promised, folks, Miguel Delaney. Miguel, you wrote a piece here earlier. I was absolutely wetted with wonder. You talked about Raheem Sterling being on Manchester United's uh, scouting list. Explain what you mean. Are United looking at uh, signing Raheem Sterling? No, uh, not quite. Um, and I think it's one that we'll see how it develops. But Sterling is one of the players that they're suddenly looking at. Uh, we're looking at more deeply than usual, I would say. Um, so he, he, they basically got their analytics people kind of running checks on him, whatever, all the rest of it. Um, and he's also on a list of players who are in their top five groups of priorities. And this is apparently a recent thing. Now, while I wouldn't necessarily read too much into this, because obviously Raheem Sterling is a kind of a Manchester City key player, kind of a, a symbol of their new era and all that. Uh, from what I'm trying to gather, and I, I've been since finding this information out because it surprised me as well. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of digging around and, and, and see and seeing what the actual story is, and it's been suggested to me that basically the club have been tipped off that there might be potential with Sterling if City are banned from the Champions League, or sorry, if their ban is upheld with the CAS case in June, which will probably mean Sterling and a few other players considering their future. Now with Sterling, obviously. Uh, the main dream is to go to Real Madrid. But from what I've heard and what the situation suggests is that if Sterling becomes available as a result of this Champions League ban, then United would consider going for them. And that's not to say, I mean, obviously being on their kind of list of priorities right now doesn't mean they're going to go for them right now. Obviously they're well aware of the situation with City. But I suppose it shows that they're attuned to a situation, as, as they should be, as one of the uh, one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I'm probably one of the few that can actually spend money in the current situation. Yeah. Hey, mate, hey, Martin here. Hey, let me ask you about uh, uh, Paul Pogba. What's, what's the latest on the Pogba situation, obviously, with what United would, would potentially value him at um, with the current climate transfer-wise? 
what's the what's the probability he now does stay, or, or is there a, is there a way out for him? So related to that as well, I, I did hear that while they had been very confident in Grealish, and people still think Grealish is probable to go to United, that Pogba situation could affect that because now everyone is saying he's virtually certain to stay, and this really mm-hmm. boils, it boils down to again the uh, the situation in the transfer market as a result of the coronavirus crisis that basically there are very, very few clubs, in fact, probably bar Manchester City, Paris Saint-Germain and maybe Manchester United, who can pay the sort of price that United would want for Pogba. And obviously his primary target, personally, is Real Madrid. For the moment, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to spend in that manner. They were already kind of him and hawing on Pogba. So it does seem word has got to him that a deal looks unlikely in the near future because the suggestion is now that He's, it's, it's more probable he's going to sign a new contract at United than leave. And I thought that's another interesting kind of tangent from this whole situation in that it could affect the trajectory of a fair few careers in that way. Yeah, it's odd because um, United have taken out this 140 million revolving credit and you would imagine they would only do that if one of two scenarios was, was present. Either they have a cash flow problem or... They have an immediate need to spend, but most transfers are, stru- are, are structured and, uh, in payments over time. Why do you think they took out that 140 million credit? And will that be necessary if they don't sell big for them to spend the summer? Well, it's a big question, isn't it? Um, now, pe- pe- people at the club would maintain that the financial situation is fine. Uh, obviously, we've seen the kind of uh, drop in value on, on, the, on the stock market now over the past few weeks. Uh, and, that, and that, my guess, is as good as yours. Uh, but, I mean, you would think when football comes back, United are still kind of a media powerhouse in that way. In a way, very. I mean, and it's, it's one thing I think the coronavirus crisis is exposed as well. I mean, at the start of this, there was a lot of talk about how this could be the reckoning the game actually needed, that it was, it, the structure was broken, it was, there was so, such, such economic disparity. And while it may be offered an opportunity that, the reality is that it's just actually further maybe accelerated the gap because it's shown the clubs that would be able to survive in a maybe a future or a medium-term future where we the number of fans, stadiums to be constrained or like that. And United are obviously one of those clubs because they're this international powerhouse. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, in short, I'm, I'd only be guessing, but I would still think that United are in a healthier position than 99.999% of clubs out there. And, and I think they, I think they will have the means to spend in the next window. Now, I, d- I did hear that whatever about their financial capability. Now, again, people might see this as an excuse that they're also aware of the optics of spending so high um, in in the current coronavirus situation that you know it, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't look the best. But at yeah. the same time, yeah. I think they will at least get a huge transfer in sure. Sancho. Well, yeah. So talking about Sancho. Um, it's obviously it's it's going to be a fairly high figure regardless of of any impact of coronavirus. But there's got to be a cut-off point as to how high United would go, surely. But I mean, he's he's some special talent. Right? Yeah. I mean, where where do you think this is going? I mean, it, could could that be where this money is? Are they looking to wrap that up? Yeah. Well, at the, at the moment, I think they're. I think they'll go to United. That's what all the information points mm-hmm. to. A lot of people seem very certain of it. Uh, they're certainly going to leave Dortmund uh, in the next window, and most most of those people who are certain say it's, it's probably United. They're definitely leading the chase. 
he seems to want to go. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it will be, and maybe for around. Well, I mean, we would have said 100 million before the crisis. Maybe that'll drop a bit, 80 million, whatever. But it'll be a high figure because it's, you're not just playing for the talent, of course. You're playing for the age because he, he's so young that you've got so many years of football ahead of him. Miguel, uh, some of the other players that you know have been linked to, looks like they're trying to send young players before they reach a peak value in the market. Looks like they're looking to like of Jude Bellingham before they blow up. Is that? Represent a change in how United are going about their business, and that they're. If you look at what Real Madrid are doing, Real Madrid Castilla, they've gone out to South America, saying these young 16, 17 year olds. Seems like United are starting to go down that road too. Is that what you see? Yeah, it's funny. And someone high up at, a, at another club, actually, another big six club, said it to me recently as well that a lot of clubs actually more and more are going to follow the Dortmund model. And that, that's pretty mm. much what it is if you are signing mm. players at age, because it just it makes financial sense and increasingly. It makes football sense, given. I mean, there's, and there's all sorts of factors there, given kind of the the, the age at which players, of course, are playing, the speed of the game these days, which is obviously suited to kind of maybe mid 20 players rather than those that bit older. Um, and yeah, there are all sorts of factors to it, and I think I think that's absolutely yeah. It makes and more and more clubs are going to look at this, especially after what's happened in the last few months. I just got a couple. You know, we talk about play, players coming in. What about players going out? Um, you know, and still attached to the club, the likes of Chris Moore and uh, Alexis Sanchez. What, 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 if anything, are you hearing about? Obviously, if we see that Sanchez potentially extends that loan, but, but what then? I mean, that's a that's a whole other situation. You'd have to imagine that that could well be Sanchez's future. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you were talking about an asset like that. I mean, which is what he is—a financial asset in terms of the, the value of the contract and how he came to the club. Well, it could well be just a series of extended loans until eventually his contract runs down because they're not going to find a buyer at that price and eventually they'll probably be happy to get him off the books in terms of um, because of his wages. Uh, Smalling, a similar situation, I think, especially given how much he's enjoying life in Italy. Uh, although, I mean, this is often the interesting thing about loans in that sense. Players can excel and then suddenly they become that bit more um, that bit more attractive for their, for their parent clubs that mm-hmm. they come back and kind of are revelations again. I mean, we can't rule that out. But, one who does look likely to go and has been talking about Chris Smalling and Ashley Young about Italy is uh, is Jesse Lingard. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people might have flagged yeah. this after he changed agents. But uh, from what I've heard, he very much fancies a move abroad. I don't blame the kid. Miguel, I know you're short on time. One last question, mate. Um, when we're talking about United going after young players, that suggests that to do that well, you need a director of football. You look at the clubs that do that well. Leipzig do it well, have a very, very good director of football. Dortmund, these clubs that do it well have a person almost that's their specific role uh, are United set up to do that in the same way that a Dortmund or these other clubs would be uh, so the, the, the latest um, talk is that they've actually gone cooler on the uh, director of football mm-hmm. role um, now <laughs> whether that's because they see Solskjaer maybe as a kind of a overall manager in the mould of, uh, of Ferguson uh, who knows but, it, but yeah um, I mean the one Edward, Ed, sorry, Ed Woodward always talks about how he's very impressed by Solskjaer's medium term, the long term vision for the club. So maybe that informs the decision. But yeah, it, it does look like they're not as strongly pursuing the director of football as they had been. We shall see. Miguel, thanks very much for taking the time to join us on the show. Wish you all the best, man. We'll catch up with you again soon. Appreciate it. Cheers, Cheers right, thanks. Bye. Yes, folks, that was Miguel Delaney. There was some interesting news about United and some transfers, one of them being Jesse Lingard there, Martin that he mentioned last. I must say, I, I, I wouldn't blame Jesse Lingard for wanting no. to leave the country and go abroad. I think that probably would be a good move for him. He's had such negativity in England if he was to leave. 
I don't think it would be a good move for him to move within England because some of the, no. the narrative around a kid is that the young man is toxic. And so it probably, he's probably talking to small and naturally young um, players who themselves have been heavily criticised, especially actually young, um, and saying, look, it's a whole different vibe out here. It's a whole different atmosphere. We're treated completely different out here. It's a, it is a genuine clean slate. And maybe that's what he needs to get his career back on track. Yeah, well, I think if you remember, I think I brought that up a few months ago, really, before I think before this, before the lockdown, before the coronavirus hit and all that stuff. I think I brought up the fact that I thought that was going to be the best move for him, mm-hmm. uh, a real fresh start. But I will say this, I mean, whilst I don't think he's got a future at United, I think now that that ship has sailed now uh, and United have got to look forward. Maybe, just maybe, th- th- this break has done someone like him the world of good. Um I, I don't know. It, sure. it could have. It could. could have, you know what I'm saying? It could have come at a, a good time for him, uh, get a little bit of heat off him and, and things like that. But yeah, you've got to believe that the, his future lies elsewhere now, um, especially with the players they're looking at bringing in. If you know, if you're talking about Sancho coming in, a Grealish, uh, you've got Fernandez just coming. If Pogba ends up staying, you know, where does he fit? Yeah, I mean, it is hard to see that, and it really, I mean. I think Jesse got a new contract, what, not so long ago, wasn't it, a year or so ago? You would imagine he's doing decent money. You would imagine there's just not a room, and it doesn't really make sense to have someone like Jesse Lingard who's not going to play for you every week. And I think Andreas Pereira would find himself in exactly the same boat where United are going to say, look, you know, it doesn't really make sense to have you on the wage bill more than anything else. It probably won't go for massive money, but... Um, you know, resources are finite. You can't just, you, you know, at some point we have to look at French players and say, look, you, it doesn't make sense to keep you here. Well, and you know, I mentioned I mentioned Sanchez there to, to Miguel Delaney there, and by all accounts, you know, all right, I don't know how much I believe the actual figures, but if, if what I'm reading is, is to be believed, they're saying he's on a 450 grand a week and Inter only playing a paying a quarter of that. When you're carrying big mm-hmm. wages of players yeah. on loan. It's just the even greater need, the likes of these fringe players. I mean, we call them fringe players. Yeah, they're fringe players, but they're certainly not fringe players uh, on their paycheck, are they? You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're bringing in, they're being paid an awful lot of money. Um, you just can't, like you say, finances out fine. You've got to, uh, you've got to cut your losses somewhere. That, I think that's two players there you mentioned who, who most more than likely will uh, will end up somewhere probably over the summer. Well, I think Alexis Sanchez, for example, Martin. You know, one of the things that I was saying is, with the new, the club that he would be coming back to is very different from when he left. Um, and to play devil's advocate, maybe he comes back to a football club with a completely different environment that gets the best out of him. Because uh, if, if you look at his career, really only United hasn't worked out for him, right? So if you're a Sanchez, you could say it was because of the football club I went to, because of the environment, because of all the uncertainty, because of everything that was going on. Um, he was starting okay at Inter Milan um, and then of course he got that big injury maybe he comes back and you know, have no choice but to play, keep him because there's nobody will take him he comes into a football club where everyone is pulled in the same direction it's not the United club it's not that the club that was in disarray when he left it's a whole different environment in the dressing room is it possible that that brings the best out of him? Uh, I, I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a long shot, mate. Uh, you don't, don't no, I agree, to, but I mean, the, the, you know, you know, look, it, it, you're right, but you know, I go back to Solskjaer's comment there with the, I'd rather have a hole in the squad than a, than an arsehole, right? Um, mm. And we talked to Neil Custis about that too. And, uh, could he been referring to the likes of the, the Lukaku's, mm. the Sanchez's, who, who, 
Solskjaer shipped out and, and you know and wanted out of there, so I don't think there'd be any interest from Solskjaer to, to bring him back. Um, but again, you know, this whole this whole break, you know, we're going, we're going on what a couple of months or so now. It can do strange things, and, and the whole landscape of football has changed. Um, you're also going back to playing behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And what kind of impact can that have? Again, on a Jesse Lingard, on an Andres Pereira, you know, the, um, if, for, for Sanchez, you know, without the crowd on your back, you know, it's almost like you're, you're getting a pre-season, you're easing back into things, and you know, say they're coming back into a completely different club than, than they left. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, highly improbable, though. But I think, to be fair to, to Lingard and Pereira, the one place where they did get back in was with the crowd at matches. It was almost all the negativity was on social media. Very rarely do United fans turn on their own players. So it may actually not help them at all because if most players will tell you that um, being on a football pitch is an escape from their mental issues or whatever it is that plagues their life. And United fans are very supportive of their own players, even if they are critical of them on social media and other places. They're still very supportive on the field. Um, but That's I still, feel, I still feel. Look at Lingard's oh. age, Martin. If you look at his career, right? Let's say you're a foreign club. Let's say you're an Italian club or something like that. And you look at Lingard's career, and you look at look. This kid scored goals for United. He scored goals. For, <laughs> he scores big goals, don't yeah, he? And he scored goals for England as well. Yeah, like you know, I know he gets slaughtered by a lot of United fans, but. They'll have a totally different view on him. They'll look. I mean, if oh, we absolutely, you know, absolutely. We, in, in Italy, yeah. Well, I mean, if we were looking at say an Inter Milan player that wasn't popular with Inter Milan fans, but we were looking at a player that scored goals for Inter Milan, important goals, scored goals for Italy, United fans would have a whole different view of him and would give yeah. him. Uh, you know, sometimes you need that fresh challenge in life, and uh, you know, it, one of the things that I will com- commend Ashley Young and uh, I, I commend uh, uh, Chris Smalling for is taking the risk and going abroad rather than going to another Premier League club and just saying, I'm going to stay here in the Premier League and, and play it safe. They've gone abroad, especially Ashley Young, at the latter stage of his career. Why not? Chris Smalling, still at a point where he could play regular football for England. Um, and by the way, there are very few people that I'm happier for to see happy than Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling is an extremely likeable human being. And, they, you know, they've always carried themselves with class. There's no bad matter. Ashley Young, you know, all the stick Ashley Young got too. Your mic, mate, you're really low. Can you? There we go. Um, is that better? Yeah. Sorry, we're calling you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, it's small. And, you know, they've always carried themselves with class. They, they've never badmouthed the club. They, you know, they've they got the support. They, they, like you say, they, they took a jump. And look, it's it's a big it's a big move for anybody to go abroad. I think you rarely see that there's not that many Brits who go abroad and are prepared to play in those foreign leagues. And uh, they, they like the comfort of home. They, they like you say, play it safe. So mm-hmm. fair play to him, and I think you know going back to Jesse Lingard, I, I think it's a perfect move from him. It's a perfect time, perfect opportunity to go somewhere. Somewhere he's got, he's got years left, um, and, and you know I think Italy would be a perfect place for him to be honest. Mm. The other thing that Gail said though was most likely Paul Pogba was going to stay. <clears throat> Paul Pogba was twenty seven now, mate. Right, he's not a kid anymore. No, right, no. There should be no more question marks about Paul Pogba, and there's no question marks about his quality. Technically, he's a fantastic player, but we've seen this with lots of players. This really has to be the last year, whether Pogba stays or goes, where Pogba removes all doubt about him as a as a player. Because at 28, Martin, if United are going to sell him next year, let's say, and he repeats this year, he's not getting the move to a top club. Because at that point, 
you would make a judgment on him and say he just didn't fulfil his potential. For me, this is the last year where we get to decide whether Pogba fulfilled his potential or not. If he repeats what he's just done, then the answer to me is no, because mm-hmm. you you know at twenty at twenty nine you really don't improve that much, right? So this to me. This is where 27 to 30 is really the peak years of a professional footballer's career. This is where you're supposed to see the finished article. So this, with Paul Popper's time off, his injury, there really is no more excuses. Uh, and I know there's going to be a divided opinion amongst United fans, I understand that. But Paul Pogba owes Manchester United a big season. There's yeah. no question about it. Um, and uh, the, the, you know, the club have spent a hell of a lot of money on him. He hasn't mm-hmm. returned that investment yet. Um, and I want to. I, I listen. I want to see him stay. I want to see him be a part of a Manchester United team. I want to see him committed. I, I don't want to see any of these antics that I see in the media that disrespectful to the football club. In my opinion. Um, and you want to see him? You want to see him stay? Yeah, I want to see. The, no, hold on. <clears throat> what I just said is I want to see him stay committed to the football club. None of yeah. the antics that I see in social media, and I want to see him stay and fulfill his potential at Manchester United, of course. But I don't want him to stay at any price. I don't want him to stay where this. But the thing, the thing that I fear, Martin, is if Paul Pogba comes out and fulfills his potential and we see a worldly player next season, then it's going to be constant. The links away will be constant. It'll be, now Real Madrid really want them. Now yeah. these other clubs really want them. If he doesn't play well, then I don't think we'll see the links because there's, there's, it'll be pointless, Right. And it'll be a case of, all right, well, he stays here if he doesn't perform. But if he does perform, then the lengths away will become even more vociferous and I could see it getting worse. I really hope that doesn't happen because the United dressing room deserve better than that. Well, the, the frustrating part to, like, f- from the kickoff here is going to be that why, why he's, if, let's, let's say he does stay. Let's say he's still here um, in, into next season. Why is that? Is it because he wants to be a United football and he wants to prove the doubters wrong and he wants to show his class over time consistently and show the, the undoubted talent that the boy's got? Or is it because out of pure necessity that nobody mm-hmm. else is willing to pay the price for him? Um, you know, and at this point, right now, I, I, there's, there's no chance, there's no mm-hmm. club in the world who are going to pay what United value Paul Pogba at. Now, United are going to have to, if United want to move him uh, in a cash-only deal, they're going to have to soften their stance on what they believe Paul Pogba's worth because that kind of money is not going to be spent. Um, you know, obviously the, there's talks up to 150 million. Mm. Uh, then ju- ju- justify that for me. There's no way. He's going there's, 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 there's absolutely no way. So are United going to are United going to let Paul Pogba go for 70 million? Highly, highly doubtful. Are United going to let him go for uh, for, for player plus cash? Uh, possibly, but, but straight player swap with with several players. Why would United want to take on? Three or four more player wages from coming from a team. You know, there's talk of Juventus or Real Madrid or you know, two, three, four players. That's nonsense. That's that's not going to happen. What? Where? Where would United find the money for those for those wages for four players well, who are deemed unnecessary and unwanted at another club? You know, yeah. it's, it's just there's just no way. So. Is Paul Burney's agent, are they looking at going, hey, you know, it is time to knuckle down, it is time to buckle down. You've got one last chance and, and to, to get a move away. He's, he's going to have to perform, perform absolute peak of his ability. And if he can't perform in that midfield with, with Bruno Fernandes now, it's a more secure team. This is this is not a Man United team that he's going to be looking to Paul Pogba to carry him. United have performed better without Pogba. Now, if United get a fully fit, fully committed Paul Pogba, 
that midfield, adding a Grealish to it, becomes a genuine world-class mm. midfield and not a midfield that is all revolving around Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba can, can be the icing on the cake is, is what he should have been bought for instead of, you know, to, 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 to build it around. He's, well, he's a luxury player. Even so, when... Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Go on, yeah. So, so it's... it's what are his reasons? Why, why is he going to be here? Is he going to be here because he wants to be here? Is he going to be, be here because nobody else wants him and we can't get rid of him? So it's, it's that fully committed Paul Pogba that we need and this takes that team to another level. Well, the first thing Paul Pogba has to do, Martin, is concentrate on getting into this United team. Because yeah, very true. Very here, true. Here, you look at the... For the first time when Fernandez came, United had a look about them that they haven't had in a long, long time. They had tactical diversity, they were able to open up teams down the middle, and they had the proper balance, right? So, three very different players in that midfield, McTominay, Fred, and, and Fernandez. Um, McTominay was playing the best football of his life. Absolutely magnificent. And also gave United a bit of bite that they were missing. That, uh, As was Fred. Yeah. Fred playing the best football of his career. Uh, well, certainly best football at uh, his time at Manchester United. But what I like about all three of them is they're very, very different, right? So, if you look at, at McTominay, McTominay gives United a bait in midfield. He gives it that bit, a bit of nastiness that they, that they need. He's not afraid to put a, a marker on somebody, put a leveller on somebody. Somebody gets clipped and McTominay straight over. I like that Brandon Williams has got that little spill, uh, little snitty side to him, which I really like. Um, <laughs> which, 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 you know, young players need that, Martin. You know, they need to have, they need, they need to not be afraid and be intimidated and show that because senior players test them right away again in the other team. If they see a young player, they're going to test their temperament and everything. And if you're intimidated by it, you're not a Manchester United player. Scott McTominay has led that team being a young player um, whenever senior professionals older than him uh, were hiding. I give him immense credit. He brings a, a, he brings something to that midfield that when he's not there, United don't have another player to replace yeah. him. Bruno Fernandes was a revelation since he came in. Fantastic. Scored goals, created goals, and looked like a Manchester United player. Came in for me with the confidence and brightness of Cantona with the big shoulders yes. and said, I belong here. And sometimes there's little snippets that you know you, you, you can point to that uh, it symbolise the player. Um, Bruno Fernandez's little house of Pep Guardiola spoke volumes for me. It spoke about a confidence in the United yeah. team that had been missing, a swagger about United that had been missing prior to that, where we always felt United are playing well, but it's form and it's fragile, and they're just one defeat away from going on a, a, def- a, a run of games of l- losing. For the first time, I felt like, okay, actually, there's a real foundation. Here's there's something being built. And then, of course, there's Fred. Since that Spurs game in December... Fred was immense. Martin, the week before that, and we were slaughtering him, saying he wasn't good enough. Finally <laughs> made our man up. He wasn't good enough. Yep. He came out against Spurs when Mourinho came back to United. And since then, probably been United's best midfielder, he was fantastic, brilliant, almost like a reborn footballer. So again, Pogba technically is probably better than all of them, or at least on a par with Fernandez. But the problem is it's the balance in midfield, Martin, and Paul Pogba can no longer just walk, think he's going to walk into that team. So, you know, that, that that's a big question mark. And that's a great problem for Solskjaer to have. It, it is. And, and, you know, again, then you get down to systems and things like that. And, you know, what, what that midfield set up and tactically, how are they going to set up? Um, one thing's for sure, if you're going to have um, a Paul Pogba in the midfield and, and, a, and a Bruno Fernandes playing slightly higher up the field, then you've got to have an absolute world-class mm-hmm holding midfielder which we don't have 
let's be honest. I mean, McTominay's not world class yet. Fred, not world class, mm. and he's not a, a, a holding yeah, Mat- Matic, Matic is not. Uh, Matic is at the end of coming to the end of his mm. career. Um, so you, you bring up a great point, there and, and you know the, the the balance is key. Um, and I, I hate to do this, but you look at. And I don't even know if I want to say this, but you look at Liverpool's midfield, mm. player for player. Which one would you take? And I wouldn't touch any. Yeah. But the balance is right. Klopp's got them. The, the balance that they create and, and allowing their front three to do the business at the you know the top end of the field. They protect the defense. They get the ball. They give it. None of them spectacular. None of them world class. But it's about that balance and finding that balance. You, you can't carry too many luxury players. So. I mean, if you're bringing in a Grealish, um, uh, like I say, you're dead right. I mean, is it far-fetched to believe that United could bring in a Grealish, a Sancho, and maintain Pogba as well? I mean, I don't know. But, but <laughs> I, I, w- I will say, as Martin, I said this on Twitter yesterday, <clears throat> I've never wanted a player as bad since Ronaldinho as you do with Jadon Sancho. Sancho. Oh, I mean, that kid is just yep. magnificent. He... I, well, he's I, just I what he's got that look of a United. Oh, he's a swagger. I mean, just before we move on, you said something about Fernandez about, about the swagger that he came in with and that air of confidence and, and the, the arrogance and stuff. There's something else that he did as well. He started holding the other players to a higher standard. And you could see him being a general as well. He wasn't, you know, he put himself on free kicks. He put himself, you know, he, he wanted the ball everywhere. But he was setting, he, he's setting standards out there. And we've not, we've been missing that for a long time. But, you know, some say that Paul Pogba was supposed to be the man who the people looked up to, and, and he wasn't. Uh, and I think Fernandez coming in really really has changed the outlook and and the way you know there's, there's a real leader there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sancho, oh my goodness, yeah. uh, God, that would be that, that would be superb. And in a position that you know, uh, man, yeah, can I you know, imagine I, that? He's the one. He, he's the one. And, you know, we talked about price, didn't we? We talked about how much the coronavirus has impacted yeah. the transfer. I'm like, I don't care. Beg, beg, get him. Get, 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 give him the check. Get him, get, get him to Old Trafford. And he, he will light that place up. Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial. My God. You know, one of the things that, um, if you go back to 2012, whenever Wayne Rooney held the club to ransom, one of the problems there was because he... he one of the biggest problems is he did it because he could do it because he was the only player that United really had that was a superstar where really they should have took that power away from him and said look if you go we'll survive we'll be fine but they couldn't do that so really knew he was in a very strong position mm-hmm. one of the things you do with Pogba is exactly the same it was United's fault they were in this situation where Paul Pogba could mess him about because United had no alternative there was nobody of his stature in the football club Solskjaer needed him now they reversed it now they yep. said, yep. do you know what? You Spot. need us more than you need, we need you. So now you no longer have the power to do what you did last season. You no longer have the clout. So now you need to convince not just Solskjaer, but world football that you're a top-class 90, 90 million pound plus player. Because that's really what's on the line for Pogba this season, is getting the Man United team prove you're a world-class talent um, that can perform consistently every week. Because that's what it's going to take for someone. Look, if he does that, I still think someone will pay big money and maybe next year will be recovered or there are other about. I think they could sell him. But if he was to go, Martin, just just uh, play hypotheticals here for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this is nonsense, but there's a rumor, there was a, a story written in The Sun by Alan Nixon 
making it with young Kai Havertz. And that is a player. That's your boy, isn't it? Oh man, <laughs> I, I think that kid is just exactly. is making. I think I think when you get a young lad like that, right? Who to me truly reminds me of Balak, right? He's just magnificent, but he can also play across the front three, right? He's got 15 goals this season for Leverkusen, right? You get a kid. I mean, imagine Havertz in behind Greenwood or Greenwood, Rashford, Martial, or Sancho or something like that. Martin, that team scores goals. I mean, with Bruno Fernandez as well in that midfield, where you could frighten the life out of teams, Martin. Yeah. Uh, that to me would be the best team United have had since 2008 when they had Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney, all the, these fantastic front three. Um, and then, of course, Bravertov came in. That to me would be the best team that United would have since then. And that, all those young, all those, Sancho's a youngster. Martial still relatively young. Rashford's young. Greenwood's a youngster. Havertz's a youngster. That could be the backbone of United for the next ten years. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, hypothetically speaking, like, but but that's doable. United bring in Grealish and Sancho. Okay, and keep mm-hmm. Pogba. Just that alone. Yeah. Okay. How close is this team? To me, but quite honestly, I mean, you look at that on paper. That team scores goals. Absolutely. Defensively getting more solid. Maguire's mm-hmm. bec- Adam Maguire's become that leader now. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, do, as, without getting the credit he's deserved, by the way, because you, you stick up all his stats and he's right there with Virgil van Dijk. And, you know, uh, he's, he's been outdone by a little bit, Maguire, but he's becoming that leader now too. Um, still think centre-back... Yeah, centre back partner. Yeah, no, I uh, do too. Centre back and left back. I Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams. <clears throat> obviously, the future's bright. Luke Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, we've not mentioned for some time. Luke Shaw was having uh, a rebirth, wasn't he? I mean, he was playing some fantastic football on the left side of a back three. Um, obviously, we know right back is is taken care of with Wan Bissaka. That team is not that far away. Yeah. With just a couple of transfers now, look, I'm not saying it's the finish arc. I'm not saying they're going to win the Premier League next year, the European Cup, and blah blah blah. But that team has a look for long-term success. It's it, it really, it, like you say, we've not even we've not even began to see Greenwood yet. This kid is, and you know, I'll do my bit. I'll do my bit on him, and you'll get that coming in the next couple of days here. But that kid is going to mm. score so many goals yeah. for United. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got Rashford who's getting better by the day. Oh, Martial still a bit of an enigma, right? Mm-hmm. You know where where that'll go, but potential to be. I mean, the potential is, is sky high. Uh, if he can just find that consistency, you know, we've got Dan James, who's a kid. You've got you know you know it's it's there's there's something brewing, uh, and it's the way Solskjaer's gone about molding this and putting this together. The next couple of additions to this squad could potentially put United re- put United back on the map and, and put us a heck of a lot closer than, like you say, than we've been for quite some time. Don't uh, forget you've young Mabry on come, you've young Mabry yeah, oh, come through as well. That's right. I brought, yeah. him, I brought him up. Uh, yeah. That, by all accounts, this kid is a generational talent. Um, so there is there's others there's, there's other kids in that midfield mm-hmm. that we've not talked about. Um, you know, it, it's. I'm, you know, we talked a little bit before, didn't we? I'm excited. Look, as long as it's safe to come back, it's not going to be the same. But I want to see United playing football again, and I can't wait to watch United play football again. We'll talk nah. about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I can't wait either. And, and it, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, yeah. I don't necessarily agree. Uh, I, you know, I, mm. I'm not. I'm not all for this, the behind closed door stuff. Uh, 
but I, you know, I, I've softened my stance because I want to see football and I want to see United. United were excited to watch and I want to watch Bruno Fernandes back on the pitch. I don't think we've not seen Bruno Fernandes with Marcus Rashford yet. Right. And here's the thing that, about this restart, right? <clears throat> I respect everyone has an opinion. I totally respect that. And if a footballer doesn't feel safe returning, I don't think they should receive any criticism whatsoever. That's entirely their right. They're human beings and they have situations at home or with themselves that they don't feel comfortable with. It's entirely up to them. What I would say is this, there is no perfect moment. There is no, okay, now we do it. Because there's always going to be risk attached. <clears throat> my, my view on this has evolved a bit too. Um, and I think that it, it is a very real thing to consider that there's teams outside the Premier League, or even teams within the Premier League, face financial Armageddon. That has to be considered yeah. too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I understand that financial, the financial impact... It always comes second to the human impact. I get it, but it's not irrelevant. It doesn't. It does. It has to have some consideration because we live in a world where you know we, we without the means to support our family, the suffering is immense, right? So that has to be considered. And not everybody in the Premier League makes millions. There's lots of people making ordinary amounts of money that are hurting right now. Um, so every industry, everybody's going to have to go back to work with some level of risk. That's just a fact of life. Until we get a vaccine, and even then there's still going to be some risk attached because not everybody's going to be able to get it and what yeah. have you. So so even then we're still going to have to say it's imperfect. But yes, we want fans back in the stadium. Yes, we want the, the, it back. But I will say, yes, watching the Bundesliga, the first week felt weird. Second and third it's week, well, I was all right. It was definitely watchable. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can adjust to this. It's better. I, it's it is definitely better than nothing, and I prefer. I, I would. I, I'm okay with football coming back as long as the safety measures are met, which it looks like they are. Well, you know, it, it's. It's. I think what's helped that is there's games every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it's going to yeah. be. It's going to be a summer of football. There's going to be games mm-hmm. every single day, so the adjustment period will be relatively short. Um, like I said, first Bundesliga, it was almost weekend and weekend, wasn't it? And it was a some time in between games we're not going to have that we have game after game so yeah I agree the, the, the feel of the whole thing watching the Bundesliga has, has definitely gotten better uh, I don't know what people's opinions are on them pumping the fake crowd noise in to be quite honest I quite liked it um, and I wouldn't have known any difference if I was, if, unless I was really really paying attention and I don't know if that's was that a Fox thing is that, is that just being done over no, here it's, or is it's, that... it's being done over there and, and let me say this people are... I was I was okay with it I well, <laughs> And the timing they got on it, by the way, was, was fantastic. Well, let me tell you why it's important, Martin. We'll laugh at it. But if you take a look at the home win ratio prior to this was around 50%. Then it dropped to 14%. So home teams are losing out on that atmosphere at home. Artificial or not, there's a psychological aspect to this. Yeah. And so if you're a home team, you know, while, and you, you're playing games where you've got, you know, uh, you, you've got massive amounts of noise that are that, 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 that are helping your players. That psychological aspect is really, really important because home teams are losing home team advantage without the noise. So, no, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I said, it was it was watchable. There's been some, some cracking goals. I think I said this to, before, didn't I, that there's, there's, some of these goals I've been seeing have been... Yeah. It's almost a shame they've been behind closed doors because I think they've been being raved about. Some great one-touch moves uh, by Munich were, were outstanding. But yeah, it's uh, look. There's it, an adjustment period. I think it'll be relatively short when football comes back in the Premier League. Um, a little bit strange that 
some games are going to be on neutral grounds. I'm don't, not sure I really agree mm-hmm. with that, and I don't, I don't understand the thinking behind that. I, I, I believe it's a safety thing. Uh, police, local police enforcement, apparently, um, uh, have requested those games, from what I understand. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back. And uh, One person we haven't mentioned <laughs> is Igalo. Yes, who's going to get there. So United have extended his loan deal sure. to the end of the year. That made sense to me. Oh, right? absolutely. To, I mean, uh, the lad hasn't put a foot wrong, Martin. Right? He's, he's coming, he's scored goals, he's embodied the attitude you want from a player. Um, he really wants to be there. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not one of these things where he's miles off the pace where, all right, it's great the kid wants to be a part of this, but he's not really up that level. He scored goals, scored important goals, scored very good goals. And... And it, it solves a problem without United having to go out and spend massive amounts of money. There's other priorities in the team. If you find if you send Eden Sancho, look, Igalo is a backup striker, right? So you can't go out and spend fifty million on a backup striker. It's a perfect signing for me. That that it solves it gives solves a problem for Solskjaer uh, without blocking someone like Mason Greenwood's progress exactly. in the team. Exactly, and that's the key right there. It, it buys a little bit more time for Greenwood. Um, he's, he's something different than we've got. Uh, like you say, he is a backup striker, but you know, a backup striker that quite, can quite easily start games and, and have an impact. He scored goals. He fits in. He loves United. He wants to be there. Uh, relatively inexpensive. Uh, it, it ticks all the boxes for right now. Um, and like you say, then, then it paves the way for Greenwood to, to come through next season and, and possibly with Sancho there as well. It's ideal. It was an absolute no-brainer. I'm, I'm ecstatic to see him carrying on there. I want to see him there, and, and hopefully United get something out of it um, for him, you know, a trophy at the end of it. But uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. It's uh, you know, rarely you get to live out your your childhood dreams, right? As a, as, a, as a footballer and as a lifelong United fan to to be in this situation, yeah. scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's outstanding. But yeah, absolute no-brainer, and I'm glad they got that over the line. Um, see him here. It's, uh, it's a, he's, he complements you again. We go back to that word balance, don't we? And, and he complements what's there um, with the experience. Can shoulder the load there. He's big and strong and can play in a couple of different, a couple of different uh, setups. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy that he's, that got, got over the line. I agree, and he's also a rare sunshine in a very dark world right now, Martin. Yes. Before we go, yes. um, I want to mention a couple of tweets that we've got. Um, thanks yep. to all of you for for tweeting this and. Uh, let us know what you want us to discuss. So, first one we have is from at Mark Sturman, who says, yep. a, a look at how much United could spend this summer and the plausibility of buying more players than initially planned to with prices potentially lower. Which is a fair question. So, if you're presented with an opportunity of signing a player that you otherwise wouldn't because he's available at a knockdown price, do you take him? I think that if he's young enough, you know, where you see, one of the things I'd really like to see United do more. I've said this before, is I'd like them to look more in the, the, the South American market where, and bring in some of these young kids, like a Thiago Amada, who's linked with numerous clubs and is available at a knockdown price. I did a show on Friday with Juan Arango where we covered the best young talents in South America and we covered him. And this kid, is, is, is he has rated so highly. And uh, I'd like to see Nelly go out and do something like that because these players are going to Real Madrid, they're going to Barcelona, even going to City. Uh, hopefully... I mean, I don't see Solskjaer doing anything, to be honest, that um, he hasn't otherwise deemed necessary. But you always hear United say things like, we never close the door. If something jumps out at us that we think we should do, that's the right price at the right time, then we'll do it. So maybe, maybe there's a consideration there where, hey, let's take advantage of this market now. 
Yeah, and it's and it's difficult to put a, a firm, uh, you know, firm figure on what what United will spend. Again, we still we still really don't know what the transfer market is going to look like. Um, and how much, obviously, the coronavirus is going to have a huge effect on that, but we don't know in what capacity. So, the, you know, I guess a lot of it will depend on who they deem the number one target, which has got to be Sancho, and what they mm-hmm. get him over, if um, and what they get him over the line for. Will it be 70? Will it be 100? And that's going to have an effect on, on what else they do. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I tend to agree that, that you know, if there's opportunity there... Uh, then I think United will United are in a financial position to be able to do something mm-hmm. unlike a lot of clubs out there. Um, so, but yeah, they, they're not just gonna they're not gonna throw money away. They're not just gonna do things for the sake of doing them. This squad is taking shape and it and it's, it has a direction. Um, and there's definitely reason for optimism, more optimism than there has been in quite some time. So yeah, Solskjaer's doing a, doing a cracking job of moulding that in 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 his moulding the, the way he wants that squad to look. So yeah, hard figure. I, I you know I couldn't really tell you, but but a lot of it's going to depend on you know what their number one target is and who. Um, at Hoyer Slayer says, what should be the cutoff price? Mm-hmm. Wise to secure Sancho. Good question. <clears throat> it is a great question, and and I would say the. Almost isn't one. I think generational talents like that, and, and, and I say that tongue in cheek, because because, <laughs> because there has there has to be a cut off. But, but I don't think uh, you know it's a diff- it's a difficult one because again of the financial impact of this virus. Mm-hmm. But I would think that the cut off price is still going to be relatively high because that's a kid who's, who's good and can be at United for fifteen years. I think what um, will happen is you make get a lower acquisition fee, but you'll have an add-on. So the market's depressed now, so Borussia Dortmund probably say to United, okay, yes, we know the market's extremely depressed now, but a year from now it may not be. But we need to sell. He wants to go, so why don't we do this? Why don't you pay a lower acquisition cost, say $16 million, right? But we put a bunch of add-ons in, right? So... You know, if he reaches this milestone, which are all exceptionally achievable milestones, plus a sell-on fee, percentage fee. Um, now, I know a lot of people brought this up with, with the Holland deal, and I don't believe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe that um, that United just found out about the buyout clause the day before he signed for Dortmund, or, 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 or the buyout, whatever, or the, the, the sell-on fee, whatever. So I think um, something like that, could be negotiated very easily, and I think that's primarily for acquisitions that will be, you know, I'm sure a Cardi's deal, for example, uh, that where he he's left into and going to PSG for 15 million. There's add-ons in that. So yeah. with someone as young as Sancho, you'll probably see a lower acquisition cost, but um, a bunch of add-ons. So the cutoff. It's a really, really good question. Um, I don't think United are going to go above 80 million. Um, in my opinion, I think. Uh, that would be, I think, going into the hundreds is is. Um, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised to see any player in the next couple of yeah. years or so um, uh, go anywhere near a hundred. I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The the add-ons may take it over there, but that's over time, isn't it? Yeah. Let me see here. What have we got? Uh, well, I've got at Tony Buckingham. This yeah, is go what ahead. I wanted to yeah. get to. Where do you see Mason Greenwood playing once he breaks into the first team? It's a great question because. Yes. Uh, you know, coaching-wise and tactically speaking, I think the game the games at a point where, and, and certainly Ollie likes this. It, it, these these hard positions, it's at mm-hmm. nine, seven, eleven, to mm-hmm. ten. 
there's a lot more fluidity yeah. in the game across that front three, yeah. you know, in, with those types of players. So, you know, ideally, you know, you would say, yeah, he's going to play down the middle. But down the middle is not down the middle as it used to be. You know, you're talking about playing inside the channels. You're, you're playing in a, in a split front two. You're playing mm-hmm. in a fluid front three, in, in, a, in a single front, front one with, with withdrawn. Which, there's all kinds of, you know, scenarios. So there's a lot more fluidity in the game today. But Mason Greenwood is a player that's going to be able to play anywhere across a front three. Um, will be able to lead the line. Um, he is going to be a permanent fixture in this United team within, by the end of, uh, I would say, into next season, he will be playing week in, week out, scoring goals week in, week out. But you're going to see him play across a front three, either side in a front two, and a front of his own. I think. So I'm sorry, that's not very. No. Really, uh, but it, it, it's. You know, I, I'm not sitting on the fence there, but it, it's the it's the reality of the game but, and that fluidity yeah. and that ability to be able to play across that front three. You've seen how he can, you know, you've seen how he cuts in from the right hand side, you know, onto his left foot, a la Van Persie. You've seen him yeah. play on the left where he can come in. He's equally strong on both feet, good in the air. Uh, I mean, the, the kid can play anywhere across the front three. So I, I don't think at this point, I don't think United, I don't think Solskjaer are going. You are going to play. In the nine, in the nine, that's where we see you. I think they say you're going to play in an attacking position, and depending on the opponent, depending on our setup, you're able to float amongst that top, the, the, the high line. And look, they're going to get goals wherever he plays. Yeah, one of the things that Guardiola loved about Gabi Jesus over uh, Aguero. Yeah, well, he loved Gary Jesus for that flexibility that he could come in off the left and play multiple positions across the front line because the front line was constantly changing in, in, in a game. So I think that's one of the things that Mason Greenwood brings. One of the things that he also brings, Martin, when you look at young players, uh, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, for example, the last thing to develop in their game was the composure and finishing, right? Mason Greenwood at 17 already brings, now he's 18, but when he keeper broke through, already brought composure and finishing to the first team. That's so hard because the temperament aspect is really diff- very, very difficult to coach. You know, when you're playing at all levels of football, you're straight through your goal, you've got time to think. You know, a lot of players are instinctive, right? Giggs was a brilliant example. As, you know, a lot of players were not good at penalties because they have time to think, and it's not, it's not instinctive, but... Mason Greenwood, the composure aspect that you can coach, because there's there's nothing to replicate the pressure of being straight through on goal at Old Trafford in front of eighty thousand. Everybody watching you, it's very easy to think about everything other than the finish. Mason Greenwood has ice cold veins and finishes with that with, 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 with the composure of a veteran. So. Once he develops the other side of his games, maybe decision making, he still has to learn um, little yeah. things that, that you understand. This kid is going to be something special in his physique. He has to grow into his physique, of course, become a bit more uh, physically powerful. But all those things are easy to do. He's got parts of his game today that usually take players three, four years to develop. Uh, such an amazing talent. Uh, we, we've one or two more minutes before we go. Uh, Paul Robinson. Ask the question, a big talk of a new direction for United backed up by recent signings. Do you think things really change with the same owners, CEO and board running things? Dig into the semantics of signing sales. You could say it's still balancing books, football ambition, profit versus trophies. Well, 
we've done tons of stuff on this. Um, I done a show last week. Uh, this is a whole show in itself where we talked to Kieran Maguire, where we really dig dug into the global football show. We really dug into the finances. Um, of the Glazers and we'll be doing a show as well with Ollie Kay this week that will look at that a little bit more detail um, but listen what we've seen from United in the last six months has been magnificent uh, a large part of it we talked about this last week with Neil Custis down to Charlie Brooks and the direction that the football club's been taken in they are doing everything they can to have a football club that has a better relationship with the fans and I commend them for it because they've done a very very good job Manchester United still belong to the community, it's a massive, massive institution. It's known all over the world, but unlike American sports, where a team can pack up and leave, United are rooted in their community, and it's good to see the football club focus on that and realize that there's more to life than, than your football club, your sports club. You, you, you mean so much to people's lives, and you're capable of doing so much. Um, and making such an impact in people's lives. United have done so well over the last six months with everything, the way they've handled this pandemic. Every, they've taken criticism. Oh, the, you know, when they're, when they're video, being videotaped, you know, calling fans. Well, that's okay. I would rather see them do good things and be videotaped than do bad things <laughs> and not be videotaped, you know. So, you know what, it's okay. Whatever the motivation is, at the very least, they're doing it. And I give you United a lot of credit for that. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie Brooks has done a done a wonderful job. Um, you know, uh, you say they've, they've been exemplary during this this, this dark time, and it's it's been really good. It's been good to see. It's been good to see you know, being in the news for for good things. Um, look, my my views on ownership has not changed one bit. Of course, um, not one bit. So, uh, but we've I, I've beat we, we've beaten that horse right. We, we, we've we've been there. We've, you know, uh, no, but you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been it's been. <laughs> Heartwarming to see, it's just being in the news for the right reasons, uh, and and you know, it's um, uh, yeah, um, well, it's, it's like I, I don't want I, I don't want to get too much into the Glazers. Well, I don't. Yeah, can, can it change? Yes, they can change slightly. I mean, they've they've changed their model in Tampa. Well, look, here's <laughs> the thing. We, as we've quite rightly said, everybody knows where we stand on the Glazers, the Glazers ownership. United know where we stand on the Glazers ownership. But what I will say about them, and I think this deserves credit. We're just an independent football podcast. United are getting thousands upon thousands of media requests a day from people all over the world. Yeah. It, yet still, they see it important to work with people like ourselves, where they could easily, it would have no, no consequence to them to tell us to go away. Yet still, despite the fact we're at odds over certain things in our, in our content that I'm sure <laughs> they wish we didn't say, but this is who we are, this is what we are. Yeah, they've they've still had us down to interview Rabu, Rabu, Andy Cole. They've they're giving us Michael Carrick. They're still cooperating with us. They've never once came to us and said, "We want you to say this or say that or don't do this." And we're, and if if it, we, uh, you need to change what you say to get access to a player, they've never done that. So I give them credit for that. Yeah, and uh, you know, and we're thankful for that. Yes, of <laughs> course. Being being allowed to put our product out there without yeah. being highly censored and, and being able to do our thing with the, with a level of trust. That, that we've heard, yeah. but but they, they've also they, they, they've also given us so well, yeah because yeah. it's important that's said because there's all sorts of allegations running around about what people do to get access and the acquiescence and everything. I'm just saying I don't, I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for ourselves. And United have never never asked us to say anything. So I I have no if, there was, if there was if there was if there was a specific thing we had to do, then we'd have been doing it long ago, mate. Yeah, but no, we we've we, we've been able to you know develop that relationship, develop that level of trust in it, and we're, we're certainly grateful for it. And it's uh, you know it's nice to have that that, that good relationship. 
Yes, and uh, we will we will we'll feed you, we'll give you more information on Michael Carrick. We'll speak to the club probably today or tomorrow to get a final deal on that. But that should mm-hmm. be this week sometime. Uh, Martin, we'll go ahead and leave it there, mate. Uh, okay, thanks to all of you for the downloads, likes, retweets, everything else. Uh, if you're on Facebook, give us a follow on Facebook, please. Also, our new website, btpmedia.net, is up. We're still making changes to it. It's not complete, but you can go there. It's going to have a lot of our archive content on there, so you'll be able to download it. Some fantastic old interviews. We're also reactivating our YouTube page, so you're going to see live content on there within the next couple of weeks. Um, and lastly, something that I had to say yesterday, folks. We have guests on this show from all different backgrounds. Not every guest we're best friends with. Not every guest we agree with. Even if you just just try to remember, there's a human being on the other end of us. We're living in a very dark world right now, and whether whatever you think of a human being, the constant pylon of calling this individual is just not healthy. And it, it like. I, I, everyone thinks they're an Uber Red and all that there, and these people are cheating the football club not there. You can think whatever you want. I'm not telling you you're right or you're wrong. You, you shouldn't think that. I'm just saying, take a look at the, t- the guy's timeline and just ask yourself if you really need to be the 1,056th person to tell him to go fuck himself, right? It, and and it's, it's just certain things where you're like, look, enough is enough. And I, I've been guilty of it myself at times, and I've had to check myself. I'm not perfect. But I know what it's like to constantly sit there and read negative comments. And I had a guest on my show two weeks ago. Kelly Martino had to delete his Twitter Twitter because of this. It's just not healthy. And, and I don't think you would like it either. And, uh, you know, you don't have to watch anything. You don't have to listen to anything. You don't have to like anything. Uh, it, it, it's a free You don't word. have to agree. It's always yeah. you don't have to agree. But, but, you know, there's a way to go about disagreeing yeah. and having constructive criticism. Oh, Without getting yeah. personal, it's just it's completely uncalled for. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what takes people to that place. Well, we uh, just, yeah, we all need to be better yeah. about this. So, anyway, folks, thanks for everything. There's going to be so many new things coming up as well. We'll have Rafa Hanekstein on BTP this week. We're really getting into Jaden Sancho stuff, so uh, tune in for that. Uh, we've got the Global Football Show coming up. It's a new show. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, download it on our pod. Uh, it's, on our, it's on our Spotify platforms, Anchor, everything. You'll see it. Uh, it's a cracking little show. Uh, uh, like I said, Michael Carrick will be doing a Volksburg giveaway shirt as well. T- stay tuned for that. Uh, Jerry Armstrong tomorrow will do La Liga with. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, and hopefully we'll be announcing some more new stuff as well. So we wish you all the best. I hope you're safe and well. And... Uh, to everyone in the United States of America, please stay safe. And you have nothing but our love. We love you all of them, everybody, and no different. And please stay safe. All the best, folks. Sure. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.